Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is the guy that has super chapped lips. Is Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, they're so dry. Dude, I just went through my very first tube of chapstick for, like, start to finish, whole life, first time I did it. So wow. I think I got an achievement for it in real life. That's amazing. Dude, I know, right? I'm really proud of it. I've been waiting for Morning Mess somehow, <laughs> knowing that there's going to be chapped lips so I could talk about it. I'm glad that that was able to come up. Uh, I've been waiting. It's been in my back pocket for, like, months. Unless I already talked about it. Did I already tell you that? No, I trust I me. I would remember something so incredible. Okay. <laughs> well, Brandon, oh gosh, it's Saturday. How you doing? <laughs> How's it oh, going? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, nice. Other than my, these chapped lips, the rest well, of me is fine. Yeah. You know what happens to me? It's getting colder out here in Michigan here. And every year my lips get chapped and then I sneeze and then my lips split. And I'm, I'm, it's not happening this year. I'm not letting that. Not Preventative Good. measures, Brandon. I'm 34 years old. I can't be having those chapped lips no more. Good. It. Take control of your lips, Cortland. <laughs> I'm doing it, Brandon. I'm doing it. <laughs> Boys doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, Brandon. So, <laughs> did you do anything awesome this week? Oh, man, I'm just, I'm still going with my horror month. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the first one. I'm the first one to ever do it. I thought, you know what, October, I'm going to watch yeah. some horror movies and stuff. Girl, get it. Yes. <laughs> You are. I don't see anybody on Twitter being like, I'm watching this for spooky season. Nobody's ever done it before. And you're, you're the a first, a pioneer, of, if you will. <laughs> thought I would try something new. Yeah. Okay. Well, what have you Maybe been watching? Uh, so I watched The Exorcist. Get which I've only seen here. once before. Yeah. So this was the second time I've seen it. It's been like 15 years since the last time I saw it. Dope. What a damn good movie. There's a reason that that movie is, like, well-regarded. You know what, Brandon? I've never seen The Exorcist. I did just message my niece, because I like to watch horror movies with my niece every once in a while. She lives in Chicago. Yeah. We like to get on Discord, and we'll start the movie at the same time and watch it together and just laugh about it and all that stuff. And I was like, hey, have you ever seen either The Exorcist or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? She's like, well, technically, I've seen most of The Exorcist. So I was like, okay, well, let's watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre sometime. So I think we're going to be watching that soon. But... That's me, Brandon. I know I just turned everything into me. <laughs> so, how was It's funny that you mentioned exorcist. those two movies because those two movies are kind of like paired in my mind because they both feel like the movies themselves feel like cursed to me. Right. Okay. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me is like watching a snuff film. Yeah. Yeah. You said that. It's got a real, really gritty vibe. And The Exorcist. Just feels like a movie that someone dug up in some old abandoned temple and they were like, what the hell is this? And then you watch it and <laughs> die in seven days. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's stuff that happened in Exorcist. Like, bad stuff happened to the people that were on, like, in The Exorcist, didn't they? I think there's, like, a curse around it. Same with Poltergeist, because really terrible shit happened to people that were in Poltergeist, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Old Hollywood was uh, crazy as shit also. Uh, sure was, Brandon. Like, um, the Twilight Zone movie? Damn. Poor oh, people in that one. Yeah. Uh, well, what else is on your list to watch this spooky season, Brandon? Oh, I, I actually made a list. Um, and you just share it with me, you bitch. You trifling you know, bitch. I am <laughs> trifling a bit here. One I really want to watch. Just I gotta. 
because mm-hmm. I'm Australian now. Yeah. Uh, the Babadook. Oh, I've seen Babadook. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I feel like it's a little overhyped, in my opinion, but it was fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> fine is fine enough. There's this part where the kid's just like, the Babadook, Duke, Duke, all the time. And it reminded me of Rockadoodle when he's like, Uncle Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> So you're welcome. Just ruined that movie for you. Okay. Well, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a thing. No problem. I actually just watched a zombie movie uh, yesterday. It wasn't there wasn't Reanimator, which is you know the plot points that we're gonna cover here, but mm-hmm. it was a different one. It was called Zombie Town, written by R.L. Stein, I think. Oh, that sounds incredible. R.L. Zombie Town. You know what, Brandon? Um, it was it was not that good. If I'm gonna be oh, honest. Oh man. You. Yeah. But at least. At least it had a scene at the beginning where he was like, this zombie town, right? No, he has one cameo in it for a moment. Oh, man. And he's over like a Zoom call. Yeah. Oh. That's it was um, it was just very, very, uh, the zombies were really inconsistent. Like, sometimes they would attack, sometimes they would just stand there. It just wasn't, it wasn't that good. And were the zombie effects good, at least? No. <laughs> All right, Next. No, they weren't. They weren't like hungry zombies. They were more like walk at you and menace, like somewhat menacing. I don't know. It was. It wasn't that good. But That's a we'll, shame. we'll see what else I can watch here, Brandon. We'll Your boy RL is just a human after all. I know he he's fallible. He is not, Brandon. We both know that. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> so, Brandon, we have an episode of Tales from the Crypt to talk about. Do you want to talk about it? Um. Okay. You want to? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. It's the reason for the season. Spooky season and all that. God, I love saying spooky season. I don't know what's wrong with me. It it just rolls off the tongue. Spooky season. Yeah, it does. We just got done watching season three, episode 11. It's called Split Second, Brandon. What did you think about Split Second? Split Second was uh, interesting. It was, wasn't it? (laughs) That's what I could say about it. It was interesting and watching it, it felt like it was like, 10 minutes long and when it ended i checked and i was like okay like what happens in the the other half of the episode and then it was it was just over yeah i got that vibe too uh especially doing my notes i was like tip tapping away at my keyboard there and then i checked the time and i was like damn i'm half done already this is crazy yeah did you uh particularly enjoy split second though it wasn't my favorite episode of tales from the crypt no i didn't think it was particularly bad there's a lot of drama in it and I don't think it's one that I like actively. I'm like, I got to watch Split Second again on my rewatch, you know? No, there was just not really like a great hook in the episode for me. My problem with this episode, it reminded me a lot of my hairiest adventure. <laughs> OK, go on. Because it uses voiceover work, you know? Yes, it does. And for some reason, in my mind, and I think this is because of my hairiest adventure, I feel like episodes that aren't very strong have to use and resort to voiceovers to, like, explain what's going on and how a character's feeling instead of just showing it to us, you know? It can definitely be a crutch. Yeah, that's what it is. And I don't particularly like voiceovers anymore. Not that my hairiest adventure isn't the most hilarious episode that's ever existed (laughs) of Goosebumps, but I don't know. It just kind of, like made my eyes open to the idea of voiceover work being a crutch, you know? It's forever changed my perspective. my hairiest adventure (laughs) casts a long shadow (laughs) on cinema. (laughs) It sure does. And uh, there's quite a bit of drama in this episode, which is 
interesting for one that is based on lumberjack work, which is a, a traditional pathway of a career that you wouldn't think would have a lot of drama. But they are like, let's make this one dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it's like. It's like a sitcom. No, not a sitcom. It's like a like a soap, a soap opera. It is a bit. Yeah. Well, let's just you know what? We've been pitter pattering around this brand and let's just dive into this episode, get our chainsaws revved and start cutting through it. That's All so right. funny. Look at From me. the top. I'd like the Crypt Keeper myself. Our episode starts up with some action, Brandon. We see our best friend, the Crypt Keeper, in a plaid shirt, and he's using a grinder to sharpen an axe. He looks up and he sees us saying, sometimes life can be such a grind. And I'm like, you said it, Crypt Keeper. He's right. Yeah, like, what? what has he got going on? Like, he just sits in a basement all day and, uh... You know... Sometimes he has people down there, Brandon. Also, he has like a, a travel agency going on. He's a chef. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's he's got that grind going. Okay. You're right. He's doing a lot of shit. He out of all, everybody I've ever known, because I personally know the Crypt Keeper. I guess he has the most things going on, and he grinds everything. So he, he just likes MMOs. never leaves that basement. Exactly. He's working from home, twenty four seven. Yeah. The camera pans back to see a whole assortment of lumberjack stuff. So there's like helmets, there's split wood, an axe chopped into a tree. It's great. Crypty continues saying, that's why I like to get out every now and again and swing a little. And he hurls that axe off camera and we hear somebody scream as it presumably hits them. And I wonder to myself, who else is down there with him, Crypty? What is going on down there? Somebody's got to run these cameras. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He says so much for this family tree and he giggles because I guess the guy died. Tonight's tale concerns a young woman who's about to do a little swinging of her own. She wants to prove that a good man is hard to find, but easy to get rid of. I think you'll like this little chopping spree I call a split second. He pulls out that book of tales and we see the picture for this episode. In the foreground is a woman's lower body. Most specifically, her booty in very short cutoff yes. jeans. Like Tobias from uh, <laughs> Arrested Development. Yeah, so this woman is a never nude as well. Yeah. Except not There's... really, if you watch the episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she actually does get nude in this episode. But, yeah, there's dozens of them. In front of her are two dudes in a forest. One has a mullet and an axe in his hands. And he's about to swing at a dude that's getting knocked out like he's in Street Fighter. Looks mm -hmm. pretty all right. We fade into our episode where we're at a bar. And you can tell it's a bar because you can hear talking and clinking glasses. Their decor is lumberjack theme with two chainsaws crossed. The camera pans us down, and this bar is hopping, Brandon. Whew, it's looking like the place to be. Yeah, this bar in the middle of nowhere. Just a full house all the time. It's so hip-hopping. We follow a waitress that's picking up glasses for people and looks very unhappy. This is Liz, and her voiceover tells us that she's been stranded for a couple of months in the North Woods when she took a job waiting tables at the Coming Saloon. She drops those glasses off and picks up some more, and her voiceover lets us know that she was trying to save up for a, a bus ticket out of here, but the money was terrible, and most of the tips she was getting weren't the kind you could stick in a bank. All right, Liz. Quit being extra, Liz, okay? <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> she hands some beers out to a table of dudes, saying, four rounds in 20 minutes, slow night, guys. Can't hold your drinks anymore. I'd say something about not patronizing your patrons, but, like, honestly, I don't really care. <laughs> like, your tips suck because you're a jerk. Yeah. One of the guys asks, have you ever thought about doing stand-up? And she looks at him smacking her lips, saying, thought that's what I was doing. She is so sassy. She really is. She thinks she works at one of those places where it's, like, you're mean to the customers and it's a joke oh, and everyone loves it. 
I would never go there. <laughs> I would be I destroyed. Would cry. <laughs> <laughs> One time I went to the Renaissance Fair, and this was when I was like a, a small child, and they had the thing where you can throw tomatoes at the court jester. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like eight years old. He ripped me apart and I will never forget it. And I hate my life now. So don't don't <laughs> go to those restaurants if you're sensitive. <laughs> they know exactly how to hurt you. Yeah, they were like your eyebrows. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love my eyebrows. Yeah, your eyebrows are great. I was going to say they're pretty. They're pretty on point. Yeah. <laughs> she walks away and the guy just stares at his friends. And then he gets up and he follows Liz, who is talking to the bartender about like taking a break because she wants to have a little break. He comes up on her saying, hey, how about going into my truck? I got some sheepskins. And Liz snaps. I thought you liked them better when they were still alive. Banjo. Banjo here is all so saying uh, you don't want them. She rolls her eyes saying, oh, my God, just because we got friendly once doesn't mean we're going to make a habit of it. Okay. She goes to walk away, but Banjo follows her and grabs her, turning her around and telling her, you know, if I got you drunk enough, I'd have you out in my truck again in no time. Liz is all, eh, let's save this Hallmark moment for another time. She's getting so many sassy liners in here, Brandon. Mm -hmm. And she gets up away and like walks away from him for like 0.25 seconds because he grabs her again close and he's saying, hey, hey, let's go for a ride. You got 10 minutes before you got to get back. More than enough time to reapply your lipstick. <laughs> Suddenly, from the side, a gun gets pointed right into Banjo's neck and the camera swivels around to see an older gentleman with a luscious mullet, Brandon. Yeah, so this is the first out of many times where shit just goes from zero to a hundred in oh, a yeah. second. Mm-hmm. Because we see the luscious mullet, right? You, that mullet makes yeah, things go to Yeah, you see that mullet, and it's like, woo! Things are really heating up now. Mm-hmm. This is the mullet, okay? I've yeah, seen like some good Hulk mullets. It's like a Hogan mullet. It's so good. I've seen mullets before in the past, and this one ranks high up there in terms of, like, quality mullet. So good. This is Steve Dixon, and he tells Banjo the lady ain't interested. You got that? Banjo pulls out a knife, and he swipes at Steve, telling him to fuck off. But Steve is too quick. He's got that old man agility. (laughs) (laughs) The famous old man (laughs) agility. Yeah. He ducks under that knife and grabs Banjo, telling him to drop the knife. So Banjo does drop the knife, and Steve asks him, This is how you want to die, shitheel. Banjo shakes his head, and we look over at Liz, whose voiceover tells us that she wasn't exactly looking for a knight in shining armor, but she did like being fought over. Those days, I was being offended a lot more than I was being defended. Over with Steve, he demands that Banjo apologize to the little lady. Banjo, with that gun right under his chin, looks over at Liz and gives a tiny little apology, and Liz starts smiling because she loves this attention. And that's kind of a theme here. She loves attention. And Steve Mm -hmm. tells Banjo he's a good boy and to get the fuck out of here. Now Steve turns his attention to Liz, asking if Banjo hurt her. She tells him, nah, and that was real nice of him. She thanks Steve and starts to walk away, but Steve is all, um, can I buy you a drink? Even though you're clearly working. (laughs) Yeah. Liz smiles and we fade to later that night. We see the bar is closed, but Liz and Steve are still dancing the night away. We hear Liz's voiceover again, because guess what? We hear this voiceover all the fucking time because she has to explain everything she's feeling. And it's exactly what you're watching on the screen. And we don't need this voiceover at all. Yeah, right. Here I am dancing. (laughs) She tells us after a couple of drinks and a slow dance, he wanted me to be his wife. <laughs> what? I mean, I go, you know what? I'll give her a break. That one is kind of good context to have in a voiceover. I mean. <laughs> yeah. If they didn't have the voiceover and it just showed up 
and he was like, hey, bride, I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. But even with yeah. the voiceover, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? He couldn't help himself. He had to propose immediately. He had a ring, and they got married like, yeah. like that. Like, He defended her from an assailant, and it wasn't out of the kindness of his heart. You know, he had a, an agenda here. He was like, mm-hmm. all right, first I save her life, then she has to marry me. Yeah. And uh, and then, she, yeah. They clink glasses just, and everything. Right? Yeah, it's official. <laughs> he said he had money and that he'd take care of me. I was glad he didn't use the L word. It's no coincidence it's the same letter that starts with the word lie. I figured, what the hell? And said yes. Um, It is a coincidence, though. <laughs> Those are two very different words I don't, you know with what? different origins. Hold on, Brandon. I'm thinking here, nobody lies in this episode except for Liz. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. She's the one that lies. That's a spoiler, though. In my notes here, Brandon, after all of these events and stuff, I just said, okay, sure, <laughs> whatever, next. <laughs> we fade away to the sounds of chainsaws and a truck rolling by on a road, and we stop on a dude using a chainsaw to cut up a log. Enough of that boring shit, though. We pop over to Liz, who's in bed. Mm, that's more exciting. And she's lighting up a cigarette. Her voiceover tells us that Steve had money, all right, and a big house up on a mountain right in the middle of his lumber camp. And we see Steve walk in front of a mirror wearing plaid, and he runs his hand through his immaculate mullet real quick, making sure it was perfect. And it was. It was perfect. Yeah. Look, for all the faults mm-hmm. that Steve has, his hair is not one of them. No, his hair is perfection. I said that. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. He scooches over to Liz and gives her a smooch on the cheek as her voiceover lets us know that he made love like a mountain man, because I needed to know that. Yes, thank Which you. she kind of likes, Brandon. Thank you, thank you, Liz. In the morning, when he gets up to go to work, she thought to herself, I just might be happy here. Well, this sounds like a pretty cut and dry episode, Brandon. That's the end. Yeah, this is a nice place to end it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, Brandon. We haven't talked too much about Steve besides his amazing mullet. But he gives What more some... is there to say? I have to say, he gives some really, really fantastic stare downs in this episode. That's pretty much all he does. He's a mullet with stare downs. It's great. Yeah. He does these, like, crazy-looking faces at people all the time, and, uh... He looks like he is barely containing just an outburst of rage. Mm-hmm. And then, at you know, times. uh... <laughs> sometimes he doesn't contain it. That's true. <laughs> we zip over to the break room of this lumberjack camp, and a dude opens up the fridge. He grabs a cold of Budweiser beer, Brandon. It's our new friend. His name is Snaz. I love that name. He sounds snazzy. Cool name. He takes a sip. He burps and then farts because he's a man and it's all 80 yard. He calls out to the boys in the room. What the hell are we going to do about the annual tournament this year? Now that Wolf's gone, we don't have anyone to put on the wood chopping contest. Oh, no. I wonder if that's going to come up again. I doubt it. Up walks a dude from outside saying, hey, Snaz. Guess what? But Snaz interrupts him saying, Artie, my God, I'm talking over here. Artie doesn't care, though, because he tells Snaz that somebody told him that Dixon, or Steve, Steve Dixon, got married last night to one of the waitresses at Cummins' place. Snaz is all, get out of here. Dixon ain't the marrying type. But Artie says that's what all the guys are saying. He got hitched to Liz Kelly. Snaz can't believe what he's hearing because Liz is considered sloppy seconds by all the dudes at the lumber camp. In fact, all the boys got a real good chuckle about that one. (laughs) Sloppy seconds. Good one, gents. A mullet connected by Steve Dixon arrives, <laughs> calling out, Hey, boys! 
Everyone greets him, and he announces that as of next week, they'll be moving over to the north side of the mountain. Snaz asks, but wait, there's like nothing over there. Steve knows, but there's nothing he can do. Those damn environmentalists are trying to protect some fucking moth or something. So either I lay you guys off, or we move over there. Snaz appreciates that, but thinks that it's totally unfair. Artie pipes up asking if there's any news that Steve wants to share. There's been a rumor around camp that you went and got married. Steve looks at him saying, Ah, oh, Christ, where travels fast. Snaz asks, Wait, so it's true? Steve throws his hands up and he smiles saying, What can I tell you? The boys all laugh and shake his hands and stuff. And Snaz asks, So we throwing out the rule about the whole no woman thing then? I mean, I could use something around here to keep me warm besides these pricks. Steve tells him, Nope, rule still stands. No women around here except my wife. Women can be trouble in a place like this. And Snaz is all, Hell, women are trouble, period. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sexism. Uh, So funny. Casual misogyny. Love it. Man, this episode is very, um, let's see, what's the word? Stupid? It's stupid so far, gotta say. It's gonna redeem itself, totally. We've met, Anytime you know, well, well, I guess we haven't met all the characters. We have most of the characters. Do you have a favorite yet? And why is it Snaz? It's Snaz. Snaz is the best. Liz pops in the door right now wearing them booty jeans from the picture for this episode and a little purple tank top. And she calls off, Steve, honey. Oh, there you are. And she waltzes in and Steve looks shocked to see her. She tells Steve that his breakfast is ready, and we hear the guys in the background whistling and stuff at her. Steve rushes up to her, whispering, what the hell are you wearing? Liz is all, oh, what, my booty shorts? (laughs) These little things? (laughs) These things from the comic cover, honey? (laughs) Steve looks around at the guys, yelling, what the fuck are you guys staring at? And he whispers again to Liz, saying that he doesn't want her in here ever, ever, Brandon. You don't know what these guys are capable of. Liz is all, oh my god, Steve, what the hell? Steve tells her, look, I told you to do something, now do it. I don't want you getting these sons of bitches staring at you. Liz gets pissed, saying, sure, Steve, whatever, and walks out of the room. Steve looks back at the boys and yells, I don't want you shitheads staring at her, you understand? And you better act like gentlemen when she's around. Snaz walks up to Artie, whispering, sub lady, she used to sell a mouth for a nickel. That hits Artie right in the funny bone, and he chuckles. But oh shit, Steve heard it. He walks up to Artie asking, oh, something on shit. your mind? Artie's hmm? 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 <laughs> like, I didn't say nothing. Steve not saying good, because I thought I heard somebody say something about my wife being a whore. <laughs> Sorry, this episode is getting to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like acting in overtime here, Brandon. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> he says, the winds play tricks on you, huh? Makes you think you hear shit. Artie whips his head around whispering, what the fuck? But it's too late. Steve's got crazy eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Tense music starts playing and Steve straight up sucker punches Artie in the stomach. Then he grabs a stick and breaks it over Artie's back. And Artie falls to the edge of the bed. And Steve whips him around and shoves something into his mouth. I think maybe it's a knife. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing while I was watching it. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's it's like a shiny object. I thought it was the end of the broom that he just broke. But I think it's a knife because... He's all like, what did you say about my wife, huh? And there's blood everywhere in Artie's mouth. So I assume it's a knife because it cut his mouth. But Stas comes up and he says, um, Mr. Dixon, he can't breathe. <laughs> Can you let him go, please? He's like going to choke this man to death. For no particular reason, really. I mean, not really. He made a joke and he was just like, okay, I'm just going to freak the fuck out. And then he did. The best part, though, is that Artie didn't even make the joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. didn't even make that joke. He was just like, ha good one. And then I, Steve was like, what? Excuse me? And then uh, <laughs> almost murdered him. Steve stares already down saying, no one kids about my wife. And then pulls that knife, I assume, away. He looks around the room yelling, you assholes understand? Everybody get to work. And then he runs out of the room. Snaz checks in on Artie, who's coughing up a bunch of blood. Over with Liz. Because we gotta get back to Liz. She's the main character. Is she? I mean, it's her voiceover, because it's her voiceover is about to tell us what's going on. Yeah, there was one point in this episode where her voiceover pops up, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she was even in this episode. She's like, I don't know, I don't know, I feel like it'd be better if we had the voiceover of anybody else, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah? We haven't even really met the main character, in my opinion, yet. He's not even in the episode yet. Just get Snaz's voiceover, like, man, why do I still work here? Over with Liz. She's smoking a cigarette, and she's pacing back and forth. And her voiceover asks, what's the deal with men? When they want you the first time, they don't care what anybody thinks of you. But as soon as they think of you as theirs... They want you to be as pure as the fucking Madonna. We hear the door open and in bursts Steve. And Liz yells, what the hell was all that hubba? Steve's all <laughs> wide-eyed and he says he doesn't want them staring at her. She's his wife, goddammit. Liz asks, what's he afraid of? That one of them might fuck her better than he can? Steve gets those crazy eyes again. He just basically has crazy eyes the entire episode. And stomps over to Liz. He grabs her and then we cut over to the bedroom for a quick sex scene, Brandon. Yep. Gotta have one. <laughs> During this shit, we see Liz looking bored as fuck, and her voiceover talks about how this isn't the first time a dude screwed her over jealousy, and it was the first time she'd hated it and felt boredom coming on. I can tell you from experience that there's nothing worse than boredom in the whole wildest world. Absolutely nothing. For a while after that, the men were afraid to even acknowledge me, though a lot of them had done a lot more than acknowledge me in the past, if you know what I mean. <laughs> me talking to myself. Okay, but um, let's keep in mind, at this point, they've been married for one day. Yes, yes, this is the first day. <laughs> yes, they got married, and then they came in, the guy was like, oh, I'll make the little joke. He freaked out, and then now we're at the present. So, they've been married for a matter of hours at this point, and she's already like, hmm, am I bored of this? She is, because she says the whole marriage thing had worn thin in record time. She is bored, Brandon. And as she told us, there is nothing worse than being bored in the whole world. Not torture, not like, well, I could talk about a lot of atrocities of the world, but there are nothing in comparison to boredom. Now Liz is sitting on the couch and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like I've said that line a couple of times now, but there's a knock at the door. So she throws her magazine aside and gets up to answer the door. And there's a dude standing there with emo hair. He apologizes for interrupting her so early, but his name is Ted Morgan. He extends his hand saying that he's come looking for a job. Liz sassily asks, What do I look like, a fucking employment agency? Liz, get off your high horse, okay? <laughs> Shut up for a second. Ted's all, no ma'am, but this here's a logging camp, isn't it? From the other room, we hear Steve, who asks, who's that? Liz tells him, I don't know. So Steve walks up and ushers Liz away and asks, well, what do you want? Ted tells Steve that he's come looking for a job. Liz's voiceover tells us that maybe things were picking up around here, even though she was just a sassy bitch to him. Steve looks Ted up and down, and Liz's voiceover thinks that her cure for boredom might have just walked into her doorstep. Dude, get a Super Nintendo or something, jeez. It's 1991. Sega Genesis is out, girl. Yeah, get that Sonic the Hedgehog. She could probably be playing Sonic right now, blasting through, like, Stardust Zone or whatever, you know? 
Dude, I could be playing Sonic right now. <laughs> I know, but I'm taking your Forget time for a podcast. podcast. <laughs> this fades us over to the woods where the boys are working. We hear Steve making small talk with Ted, asking where he's been. Ted gives us his backstory, saying that he left Denver and hiked up to the Rockies and then the Canadian border. And now he's going through, like, I don't know, Vancouver or something. Maybe he's going to go down to California, but he's broke at the moment. So Steve tells him, cool, I I could always use an extra hand around here, sure. The boys walk by a dude cutting up a log with a chainsaw, like a knife through butter. They stop at a particularly big log, and Steve grabs a chainsaw, saying, all right, let's see what you can do. So Ted lifts up his hand, saying, whoa, 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 I don't care for those, sir. (laughs) Steve asks, well, how do you plan on cutting down these fucking trees, then? In response, Ted takes off his denim vest and grabs an axe that's chilling on the ground, saying, I guess I'm a bit of an old-fashioned. I like how he shows up and is like, can I please have a job? And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's the job. And he's like, no, I don't like doing that job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of (laughs) dumb. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite lumberjack. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. Check us out on Patreon for all the latest and greatest. We've got early release episodes, bonus episodes, bloopers, videos, and so much more. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and get multiple uploads a week. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the best, Venice Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can find us all over social media, so give us a follow at Up All Night Podcast on Instagram, at UAN Pod on Twitter. At Private Island Presents on TikTok and at Up All Night HA Podcast on YouTube. We've got videos, memes, and more for just about every episode that we've covered. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights as well at twitch.tv slash private island C. I play a lot of cozy and spooky games like Dead by Daylight, Stardew Valley, Resident Evil, and more. I hope you're all enjoying the new 2023 Goosebumps series. We decided to cover it too, of course, so we've got new episodes for you every Thursday on the main feed. This week, we'll be covering the second episode, The Haunted Mask. Of course, you can find them on our Patreon a few days earlier. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to that episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Steve's all, uh, okay. And Ted hops up on top of that log. Steve sets his watch to time Ted, and Ted gets to chopping. He just goes to town on this giant log, chopping it over and over again as the boys gather around to watch this. Even Liz scooches in close for a peek out of nowhere. After like a full minute of chopping, Ted breaks the log in half, and the boys cheer him on. Liz is trying to hide behind a tree watching the display, and her voiceover tells us, Call me un-American, but watching Ted chop that tree in half? Wow. It just made me forget all my troubles. And at that point, I would have done anything for a little excitement. Of one kind or the other. Sorry, she continued that. While those thoughts are being voiced, we see Liz is looking sweaty Ted up and down. And she smiles. 
Of course, Steve notices Liz peeping from behind the tree because she's not very good at hiding. No. And his face looks pissed. Like always. Mm -hmm. He's got resting bitch face like to the extreme. She scampers away and Ted asks, so uh, what do you think of that, Mr. Dixon? Steve is all, oh, it was decent, I guess. And Snaz comes up out of here and he says, are you crazy? That was awesome. Artie adds in that it was the fastest chopping he's seen in a long time. Snaz thinks they found their ringer for the wood chopping contest, Brandon. Woohoo. Oh, yeah. Steve snaps at everybody. Who told you assholes to stop working? Get back to your trees right now, misters. This ain't no fuck a break. Snaz asks, uh, what's your problem? I don't get it. But Steve tells him to shut up and get back to work or he's fired. Then Steve looks over at Ted saying, you want the job? Fine. But let's make one thing clear. That tournament bullshit is on your time, not mine. On my clock, you hack paywood. Any problems? Ted says, uh, no. And then chops the axe down into the wood, grabs his jacket, and walks away. We stay with Steve, who looks out into the distance. And I have to say, Brandon, it's much more efficient to use a chainsaw. So I don't know why you would, like, act to, like, hire him. I don't get it. I don't know. Like, it's impressive how fast he chops it with an axe, I guess. But it's way slower and way sloppier of a cut than oh, yeah. using a chainsaw. Exactly. I don't really get it, but whatever. You know what? I don't cut wood for a living, so maybe I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not wrong. No, you're not. We pop over to Ted knocking on the door to the Dixon household. He opens that shit up, calling for Liz, and then walks right on in. He calls out for her a few more times, and we hear her call back saying, yeah, who is it? And she kind of sounds far away. Well, it's Ted who's here because she asked him to move a box. Liz is all, huh? Can't hear you. I'm upstairs. So Ted walks upstairs and we hear a shower running. So Ted asks where she is. She calls back, I'm in here, Ted. So Ted opens up that bathroom door and we see Liz in the shower. Ted apologizes for invading her privacy, but Liz, she doesn't really care. She opens up that shower door asking if he could help her reach the towel that she suspiciously placed far too far away. Ted helps her out by handing her the towel, trying not to see anything in the process. And Liz tells her, thanks. Um, can you towel off my back? But Ted tells her, no, that he shouldn't be in here. And he calls her Mrs. Dixon. And Liz is all, nah, you can just call me Liz. Also, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want you to dry my back. Or maybe you'd like to get the front first. And she shows off her boobs, Brandon. <gasps> oh, wow. Ted is super uncomfortable about this, saying... Uh, yeah, I should probably get going. Steve's not really going to like this. Liz tells him not to mind Steve, that she doesn't. Ted tells her, but Steve's my boss. And Liz caresses his face saying, no. I'm your boss. Which she's not. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the boss now. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much exactly what happened. She can even give him a little raise and she grabs his crotch. Then she smooches his face and touches the glove in the back pocket of his, which plops to the ground. Ted's had enough of this and dramatically backs away from her. Liz picks that glove up off the ground and looks after him with a smile as he leaves the house. This is getting steamy, Brandon. Yeah. Over at the bar, Ted's having a drink with Snaz and Artie. He tells them that he doesn't know what to do. He knows he shouldn't, but she's just so gosh darn hot. Okay, if you say so, Ted. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Liz is a watered-down version of Winona Ryder. Although Winona Ryder would be like really young at this point. And Ted is a watered down version of Keanu Reeves. Definitely. Artie chuckles and says, I'm telling you for your own good, you should stay away from her. Snaz interjects saying, nah, don't listen to Artie. He's a fucking wimp. I well, say. Artie almost got murdered for <laughs> laughing at a joke about her. So maybe he's a little sensitive. 
I say if she wants a friend, then pet her. I, I cut that one a little bit because, like, you know, yes. it was stupid. That was the wise choice. <laughs> Ted tells the boys that maybe he should just get his money and move on. Snaz tells Ted that he shouldn't let her drive him away from here, and she's just not worth it. Besides, man, we could use you to win the Battle of the Bands. I mean, the woodcutting contest. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Come on, what do you say? Ted agrees, and Snaz and the boys clink glasses, which, as we know, until from the crypt of the mind of contract. <laughs> from behind Snaz, a hand reaches up and grabs his hand and slams that glass down on the table and shatters it. It's, of course, Steve, looking crazy as hell, asking, yes. I want to know which one of you is going to fuck my wife. Uh, he just he just smashes through every scene like the Kool-Aid man. Mm, the does. scene is just, like, completely normal. And then he's like, <laughs> who banged my wife? He's crazy as Steve he character. Is. <laughs> Why is he still allowed to, like, be free? Dude, I don't know. He looks like he should be on Con Air, so I don't know. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Remember when Nicolas Cage had a mullet in that episode or that yeah. movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. The boys are all pretty uncomfortable, except for Snaz, who looks up at Steve with a look that says "fuck off," and he tells them, "No one's been fucking your wife." Steam screams "bullshit" and slams his fist on the table and explains that he found one of their work gloves in his goddamn bedroom. Snaz asks if he's sure it wasn't one of Steve's clubs. And Steve asks, was it you? And he pulls Artie up out of his seat saying, you sure seem to know a lot about her. Snaz snaps up telling him it wasn't Artie that made that extra hilarious joke about his wife the other day. It was me. Steve grabs hold of Snaz's shit yelling, you son of a bitch. Snaz grabs his hand back yelling, it ain't my glove, Mr. Dixon. It ain't Artie's. It's not Ted's or nobody's. For Christ's sake, take a look at yourself. You were a hell of a guy before you got married. That woman's driving you crazy. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. And he slaps down some money for their tab. And Snaz asks Artie if he thinks the lone wolf's still open. And the boys go to leave. Ted stops them saying that he doesn't think he's going with them. He should probably get out of here before somebody gets hurt. Good idea, Ted. Over with Ted, he's packing his shit up in their bunk bed area when the doors open up from behind him. It's Liz, and she's in a white dress. She asks, Going somewhere? And she closes the door, probably. (laughs) Her voiceover tells us that he was so easy, and men always are. Even the ones that want to be on top just love being seduced. She asks Ted if it's something she said or did, and Ted looks up at her. She continues, You know, Ted, when my hubby found that glove, I just didn't know what to tell him. And she pulls out that glove and taps it on her shoulder. I swear to God, I didn't know anything, but he just wouldn't believe me. Ted tells her to stop, but Liz grapples around his neck and gets real close to his face, saying, Come on, Ted, I'm not asking for much. If I have to, I'll tell him whose glove it is. Is that what you want? They stop and look at each other for a second before Liz starts smooching his lips, but Ted tells her he can't do this. She rips off her dress and buttons fly everywhere, and then rips off his shirt, telling him, Sure you can, it's easy. Just close your eyes and lay back. She'll do all the hard work. She goes in for another smooch, but Ted pulls her away, saying that this just ain't right. But Liz gives the great argument. Fuck what's right. And gets on top right. of him. I know, you can't argue with that. That's the moral of the story. Fuck what's right. <laughs> they smooch some more, and Ted gives in now. He smooches her belly, and she knocks down a lamp with a grunt, and then she moans a whole bunch when suddenly the door gets kicked open, and it's Steve who screams, You son Oh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Yep, that's what it is. He really does ruin every scene, doesn't he? <laughs> he really... Half of the scenes in this episode are just him barging in. 
disrupting everything. Liz immediately lays blame on Ted, saying that he forced himself on her, and Steve oh. rushes over her way. <laughs> Liz. She's like, it wasn't me, Steve, it was him. He's seducing me. Ted tries to explain that Liz seduced him, but Steve ain't having none of this. He starts beating the shit out of Ted. He kicks him in the crotch, tosses him over to a wall, just over and over again, and then onto the bed. Ted rolls off, and Steve starts punching him. He picks Ted up and hurls him into the fridge, then punches him in the back a few times. Then Steve lifts up an axe and starts beating him with the blunt side of that in the face. Ted gets knocked back, but turns around to look at Steve. So Steve winds up and bashes him in the head with that axe again. And Steve is all bloody in the face, and he falls to the ground. Steve lifts up the axe over his head and slams it down on Ted. So that's the end of Ted. Well, he was using the blunt side of the axe, so he didn't chop him at least. But Okay, but swinging an axe at someone's face, mm -hmm. surely he's dead. You would think, but we fade to black, and when we come back, we see Ted in a bed with what a head wound. What the fuck? I thought for sure he was dead. He's not dead, Brandon. He's just When he got an creepy. axe to the face and it went to black, I was like, oh, he killed him. No, there's but more, that, Brandon. But then it just cuts to one second later and it's like, Ted, you're fine. You're, you're even better than ever. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> we hear Liz's voiceover for some reason saying, oh, my God, this is totally the last thing I wanted, especially since the doc said it was permanent. And I was like, hmm, what's she talking about? But what are you going to do? Cry about it? Death. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe it's better to be blind anyway. The world's an ugly place. And we see Snaz walk up to Ted in bed, and he says, Hey, kid, it's me. It's Snaz. He checks Ted's eyesight, but Ted doesn't respond because he's blind now. So Ted tells him that he's going to be okay, okay? We're not going to let this get you down. He starts to pull Ted's feet out of the bed, and Ted's all, What the hell? Where are you going? What's going on here? And Snaz tells him to sit up, and he's coming with him. He gets Ted up and leads him out the door saying Ted's going to help them win the tournament, Brandon. They got to get that tournament win. Like, let the dude recover a bit. No. He's, uh, he, I mean, he should be dead, but <laughs> he's laying in bed recovering and they're like, come on, let's go. He's, his go. bandage on his head is still bloody. <laughs> he hasn't recovered like at all. All right, but let's be completely real. Okay. Why the fuck is Ted still here? Good question. I don't <laughs> he, have an answer for that. He was for all intents and purposes in my mind murdered by his boss mm -hmm. and he's just like you know what i'm just gonna ride it out i don't know brandon <laughs> seems like it's like, written stupidly or i'm something. blind so i can't even do this job anymore but i'm just gonna just gonna hang out here maybe that's in the contract brandon you know long-term disability or something who knows so dumb ted asks how he's supposed to help since he's blind now but Artie walks in with a chainsaw telling Ted he's a natural and they're going to teach him a few new job skills. He hands Ted the chainsaw and Ted's all like, uh, you guys know I don't like these things, right? So Nat tells him, nah, you're going to love it. I promise. Besides, where they get a load of you? Little Stevie Lumber. <laughs> and they giggle about that one and then lead Ted out of the room. Over with Liz, she's looking out the window and we hear her voiceover say that watching the men work with Ted really bothered her. Why were they so determined to have him in their silly little tournament? Didn't they have anything better to do? It's like, girl, <laughs> he's blind because of you. What are you talking about? Yes. <sighs> she walks away and we hang out with the boys and they are showing Ted how to use a chainsaw. Ted grips that chainsaw and they help him swivel over to a stump of a tree. Stan starts chanting, Do it, Ted. Amputate. Make it pay for its mistake. And he chants that a lot. And I don't know. Is that just a typical lumberjack chant? I don't get it. 
I mean, yeah, that's that's the classic chant. Mm hmm. The camera closes up on Ted's face as he smiles while chainsawing that stump. He is liking the power, Brandon. See, he knew chainsaws are best. Enough of that, though, Brandon. We cut over to Steve, who's writing something on a paper. But it's shit, so he crumples that up and he tosses it aside. There's a knock on the door and Steve asks, yeah, what is it? It's our buddies Artie and Snaz. Artie tells Mr. Dixon that Ted's learned a new trick and he wants to show it off. Steve doesn't give a shit, though, so Artie pulls out a knife and lifts it to Steve's throat. And Snaz cocks a shotgun. Snaz tells Steve he'd like it if he joined them, and Artie smiles. We pop over to Ted, Artie, and Snaz, and a couple of extras, and Ted's got the chainsaw in his hands, and he is super excited about showing off his new skills at the tournament. Artie tells him that they've got some bigger logs to work on, so Ted revs that chainsaw up, saying, yeah, bring him on, and he steps up to two big logs in front of him. He touches one to make sure it's there, and that it's wood, and Artie helps him kneel down to cut, like, to start cutting up into it. So Ted starts cutting into this log, and we see him cutting, and blood starts to spray across his chest. And then sprays Artie and Snaz in the face, who are cheering him on. Yeah, it doesn't slow them down. It sure doesn't. It goes all over their faces, and we see him cutting into the log that's just spraying blood now. As trees do. (laughs) Well, the camera pans up, and we see that Steve's inside the middle of this hollowed-out log with a gag over his mouth. Oh, shit. Ted apparently cannot feel blood on his face. Like, I feel like that's something you'd be like, why am I getting all wet here? But it doesn't really matter. So he's No, smiling. he doesn't even question it. He's cutting into trees, and it's splashing him in the face, and he's like, I guess that's just what chainsaws do. They liquefy the trees. <laughs> it must be either wood chips or sap or something. I don't know. My favorite part here, though, Brandon, he, he, like, looks Steve in the eyes, and his eyes get all wide like he knows what's going on, but he can't know what's going on. So I don't know why that was a choice for the director to be like, all right, look shocked for a second. It's weird. But it doesn't really matter. Blood gushes out of Steve's mouth, and he's fucking dead now. Ted laughs about how good he's getting at this and asks if the guys have any more for him. Then he swivels around, and we see that Liz is inside the other big log with a gag in her mouth, too. There's like three cuts in Steve's log, and Snaz chuckles and walks up to it. He pushes that shit over, and we see Steve has been cut into a couple of different pieces there. And I gotta say, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I agree. The camera pans back up to show us each section of the log with Steve's body in them. We hear Liz's voiceover again, calmly say, Snaz and Artie and the boys had found what I spent years looking for. A cure for a terminal case of boredom. The guys all cheer at Ted murdering Steve, and Ted shouts out, I love you guys! (laughs) And revs the chainsaw some more. (laughs) And that's the end of this episode, Brandon. Yeah, that's the end of this dumb episode. One thing, though, Brandon, like, they have a gag over their mouth, but they could easily scream through that gag. But they they don't, Steve doesn't make a single noise while he's being, like, you know, dissected. No, he spends this entire episode screaming at the top of his lungs for any perceived slight but when he's being chopped into with a chainsaw he's like don't let him don't don't let him hear you whimper (laughs) it's dumb this episode's stupid yeah and why the hell was steve still not in jail at this point right that's a good after he he assaulted nearly murdered and definitely blinded ted Every everyone there, all parties involved, were just like, "All right, back to normal." Yep they they went to the doctor. It was a it was the same as in fitting punishment, where they're like, "I, I don't know, he fell down some stairs." Yeah, and Ted was just like, "Yep, yep, 
that's what happened. I'll be back to work on Monday. Over with the crypty, he pops into the camera still wearing his plaid shirt. And now he's got a hard hat on. He says, mmm, now that's what I call sushi roll. Okay, crypty. Sure. Uh-huh. I guess Liz was right. A good man is hard to find. Especially after he's been chopped into so many pieces. And he laughs. Well, kiddies, I've got a little extra chopping to do on my own. The camera pans back a little, and we see there's a dude that's strapped to a log, and his mouth is gagged. Crypty lets us know that it's his producer's birthday. He always wanted the final cuts, and that's exactly what he's getting. Crypty sets down the chainsaw on him, and the dude convulses a bit, but there's no blood or anything, and we're laughed out of the episode. And that's that's a split second, Brandon. We're done. Wow. Good. I know, right? So, what is the moral of split second? What was it like? Fuck doing the right thing or whatever. Fuck what's right. Yeah, that, that's kind of it. Uh, my what I learned though, Brandon, is don't get a job as a lumberjack <laughs> unless you're Snaz. Snaz can pull it off. Everybody else, not so much. I mean, if there's a wood cutting competition though, oh, that's different. It's kind of irresistible. So true. Yeah. Did they not do the competition, or what was that the competition? No, I don't think they did the competition, Brandon. I think it was all set up for having that final scene, but. Ultimately, who cares? It, it literally reminded me of the Battle of the Bands from like every Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. At what point were they like, all right, we're not going to do the woodcutting competition. Let's just murder our boss. At what point? Probably when he blinded Ted. <laughs> they were like, yeah. all right, this is enough. All Let's bets are off now. Yep, the justice system failed them, so they had to take matters into their own hands. And apparently there is no like justice. Like there's no police or anything. So they're going to get away with this. Yes. All right. There is no law enforcement. It's, there's nothing. No, anyone can just do anything to anyone for any reason. So, Brandon, split second. I kind of like the name. I think it's cute, but we could probably come up with something better, right? No, we can't, but no, we'll we try. can't. <laughs> we'll throw some shit out there. Ted's excellent chainsaw adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that works so well. Blinded by love. Oh, that ruins the episode, but that's okay. My most chainsawiest adventure. Damn, you're just on fire with these titles. I know, they're just coming out like butter. I, I, it's so smooth. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, the split second? Oh, wait, that's what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Would you marry me? Oh, that's it. That's a good one, Brandon. You're the Crypt Keeper himself. I knew it. <laughs> you ready to beat this cast? Let's just beat this yeah. cast. Let's get All right, let's move on. <laughs> Let's start with our mulleted friend first. It's Breon James, the late Breon James. He passed away in 1999, but he plays Steve Dixon. And Breon, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's probably pronounced Brian. You think so? I think so. Well, what the hell is this tragedy of a name? It's B R I O N. Like rest in peace, Brian. But <laughs> struggle for that one. But that is like a millennial. <laughs> named child right there yeah no disrespect to you good sir maybe there was already another brian james spelled the correct way oh that must be what it was and he was like oh just gonna be a little bit different well brian here i'll call him brian he started things off 1974 with the fbi he played in one episode and from there he was in a couple of things the kansas city massacre which i i mean didn't know that's delightful sure (laughs) He was also in Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. So, cool. Kiss. Yeah. He was in Chips for three episodes. 
uh, two episodes of The Dukes of Hazard back in 82 through 84. Nice. He was in Dynasty. I think that was a really big show, wasn't it? I've heard of it. House 3, the horror show from 1989. I haven't seen any of the house movies in ages. I wonder if... I've never heard of them. They're scary because when I was a kid, I like watched them or I watched them when my brother was watching them and they scared me to death, those movies. I've never heard of it before. I guess you're going to have to add that one to your spooky season list of movies to watch, aren't you, Brandon? I guess so. Uh, what else was he in here? Batman the Animated Series. He did some voices in that. Badass. Knight Rider 2010, back in 1994. Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. It's back. <laughs> he was in it. He was in Ah Real Monsters. Uh, and Superman the Animated Series. He's in a lot of those DC animated series, Brandon. Men in Black, the series. I didn't know that existed, but he was in it. Oh, the cartoon. Yeah. The last thing he was in was in somehow 2005, Phoenix Point, even though he passed away in 1999. So I guess that was in post-production hell for a long time. Uh, he was known for being in The Fifth Element. I yeah. love that movie. He's in The Fifth Element and Blade Runner. So like two pretty yes. classic sci-fi movies. I've never seen Blade Runner. You should see Blade Runner. I did see The Fifth Element back in the late 90s, though, and I thought it was the dopest shit. Like, that movie was all that. Still yeah. is, though, so. I it is. Next up, Brandon, let's talk about Liz, played by Michelle Johnson. Okay. Who is she? I don't recognize her. Well, she hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff. She started things off in 1984 with Blame It on Rio. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> she was also in something called Waxwork, Moonlighting, A Woman Scorned, The Betty Betty Broderick story. Hmm, okay. Oh, man, there's a sequel. Her Final Fury, Betty Bodrick, The Last Chapter. <laughs> and then there's one after that. No, no, nope, nope, that's it. That was the final chapter. The last chapter is actually the last chapter for once. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. She was in Arliss. Her last credited role was Holiday Spectacular in 2018. Nothing topped that 2018 spectacular, though, Brandon, because she was done after that. Yep. Uh, her highlights, though, she was in something called Death Becomes Her, which I've heard of. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Okay, it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about Ted here, played by Billy Worth. He started things off in 1985 with The Equalizer. He was also in The Lost Boys, Brandon. Have you seen The Lost Boys? I have not. Girl, you should put that on your movie list to watch. It's a pretty good movie. Is it actually? Yeah, I like it. Okay, I'll add it to the list. He's in Body Snatchers from 1993. Is that the same as Invasion of the Body Snatchers? There's so many different versions of that movie. Okay. He was in three episodes of Chicago PD back in 2014. He was in Scorpion, Hell to Pay, Eternal Code. Most recently, he was in something called Shutters the Doors. Uh, from 2021 sounds cool yeah he played jimmy highlights are the things that i said actually <laughs> so <laughs> i covered the good ones <laughs> that's all of them and that is that character next up we got snaz i think both of our favorite characters of this episode played by dan martin and snaz has been in a lot of things started off 1989 a man called hawk tales from the crypt is like pretty early on in his career too like it's like fourth for role him. Yeah, so he's in a lot of stuff after that. Like, Bud Fist 4, Die Trying, Brandon. Beverly Hills Cops 3. The Waynes Brothers, he was in an episode of that show. I remember that. Me too. Crocodile 2, Death Swamp, Brandon. Crocodile 2. Oh, man, he was in Grounded for Life. Do you remember Grounded for Life? I do. I don't really remember it that much. <laughs> oh, you were like, oh, man, do you remember Grounded for Life? 
I What's feel that? like I remember it being stupid. Wasn't, am I right there? Was it stupid? Uh, I wasn't a fan. I just remember it. He was in two episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond. I know that one. He was also in Malcolm in the Middle for seven episodes. Um, more recently, he was in Shameless. And, oh, I guess, okay, his big role, he was in The Bold and the Beautiful, 219 episodes still going on in The Bold and the Beautiful. Okay, so if you recognize this guy, it's probably from that. Yeah, all 213 episodes, perhaps. That's a fuck lot of episodes. Next up, we got Artie Brandon, played by the late Alan Palo, who passed away in 1995, not very long after this episode aired. Wow. He is not been in a lot of things his first credit was in tales from the crypt i think he did a really great job as Artie in this episode he was also in blood fist Four: die trying which did i talk about that one already did, I, did somebody yes. else was in that? okay yes <laughs> it was like 30 seconds ago uh, well look my brain is th- that of a goldfish okay the chili con carne club i joined that club that sounds delicious <laughs> yeah i could go for some right now sonic the hedgehog and chili con carne I've got a plan. <laughs> that sounds like a great afternoon, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, put that chili on a hot dog and baby. You are Jaleel White playing animated Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Prehysteria too, Brandon. Have you ever seen Prehysteria? Is that the one with the dinosaurs? It sure is. The little tiny dinosaurs. The, the little ones you put in a backpack? Yeah. Yeah, the little dinosaurs. Yes. Love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing he was in was 1994's National Lampoon's Blind Date. Never heard of it. Nope. But that was Alan. Rest in peace. And that was our cast, Brandon. That was it for Split Second. Do you want to find out what we're going to be talking about next week? Yes, please. Okay. So the next episode of Tales from the Crypt, Season 3, Episode 12, is called Deadline. I think it's like oh, Hotline, okay. but dead. Okay. All right. So this is going to be some kind of phone police, like, oh. God, I hope so. Well, I could use dead. some more phone police. <laughs> This one, um, it tells us an alcoholic reporter is inspired by a beautiful woman to find a good murder case no matter what. And that's Didn't all we Didn't we got. just do this one? Uh, yeah, I feel like that's like did. three different episodes we just saw mixed together. It's basically morning mess, except I would be really surprised if there's ghouls in this episode. Well, we'll see, I guess. Let's take a look at the cast real quick here, Brandon. We got... Richard Jordan, have you ever heard of him? I mean, I'm sure there's nope. a bunch of Richard Jordans in the world. John Polito? No. Nope. Richard Hurd, perhaps? I have heard of Richard Hurd. Everybody's heard the Hurd, you know? John Capodis? Cap- Cap- I don't know. Nope. How about Rutiana? Ru- Ru- You're making these up. <laughs> Mar- Marge Helgenberger. How about her? Oh, yeah. Oh, old Marge is in this? Oh, that's Large cool. Marge. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Nah, we'll find out about them peeps next week, Brandon, because uh, I'm done here. I've had a I've had a whole night. I've been up all of it, up all night. I think I'm done here. All right. Any final thoughts for split second, Brandon? <sighs> Fuck what's right. You got that right. All right, Brandon, I'm out of here. I will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.